This is the Ronan Rabbit Podcast, and you are just in time for episode 95. I'm your host, Ed Moore. The Ronin Rabbit is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. Several ways to get in touch should you choose to do so. You can tweet at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L. The Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page, and on Facebook, I post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit, the website, and UsagiPodcast at gmail.com, the email address. Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 21 from Dark Horse Comics, dated June 1998, is the book this episode. The story is Grasscutter Chapter 6, Usagi and Jay. Hurry, my lords, hurry, we see as an entourage is rushing toward an unknown room in the Steel Lion Castle of Lord Kutsetsu. They rush in, slide the doors aside, and see him bent over a pile of feathers, talking to himself. I staked everything on her, but in the end she was only feathers. <laughs> now I have nothing, nothing but the feathers. <laughs> so he has gone quite mad at seeing her turn into feathers and all of his plans go down the tubes. Uh, Lord Oku tries to rouse him with a vicious slap, but bleeding from the corner of his mouth, he starts to come around and then falls right back into his madness. Jumping up, he rushes out to the balcony, um, climbs onto one of the roofs, of the castle and throws himself off the castle, attempting to follow the sound of the wings, the feathers, and then in midst of in in the middle of the plummet, he realizes that no, there are no feathers, and he is instead falling to his death with a tiny thud, many 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 feet below. We then cut to Lord Noriyuki Mototetsu. Tomoyame and Aikida as they're trying to gain some sort of uh, protection from the, the people that are chasing them. Lord Noriyuki stumbles and falls as his wound has become infected. Aikida picks him up and starts carrying him. He knows of a village that is just a short jaunt away, but the quickest way is the main road. So to get to safety, they must use the most obvious way to get there. They do it, because it's the quickest. Just as they come into sight of the village, they turn and look behind them and see a group of mounted warriors. Fearing that it is Eramura and his gang, they all scream, run, and run headlong into the village, only to find Eramura and his lackeys waiting for them in the village. Well, then who is that behind, you may ask? We shall see. But first, Tomoyame and Akira must protect Lord Noriyuki and Motetsu from Aramura and his men as they slash and fight and clang and bang. Much yelling by Tomoyame and Akira for Motetsu to take care of and protect Lord Noriyuki because he is his lord. That's from Akira, who I think we have seen a change uh, from being anti to being pro Lord Noriyuki here. Fighting commences commences until Lord Aramura knocks Ikita down with his horse and charges at 
Noriyuki with the killing blow, and just as he's about to deliver it, an arrow flits through Aramura's head and lodges there. His men scatter, and as everyone kind of catches their breath and assesses uh, everyone, of course, being our four protagonists, Noriyuki, Moritetsu, Tomoe, and Akita, take a breath. Is everyone okay? Now, what's going on? Who was that? And we turn and see, and it is Gaishu Samurai that have finally caught up with Lord Noriyuki. The samurai tells Tomoe, we were alerted by your porter that Lord Noriyuki's procession was attacked. Search parties were dispatched throughout the area and a trail of dead assassins led us in this direction. You are all safe now. Cut to Keiko, still wandering the forest, saying, oh dear, I'm afraid he's hopelessly lost. Uncle! As she's trying to find Jay. So, apparently she's not afraid, which is what I initially thought. She's afraid for Jay. Curious. Usagi, Genosuke, and Jay are facing off. Jay takes the grass cutter and stabs it into the ground. Um, it's not much use to him because he was not able to consecrate the weapon. So, an earthquake occurs. Is it because the sword is stabbed into the ground? Mm, maybe. Maybe not. I suspect here because of something that occurs later on. Not, but... It's in everyone's mind that perhaps the sword is that powerful. Jay takes up the spear. Uh, Usagi and Genosuke attack from different sides. Genosuke is not as successful as he thought as he attacks from behind. Jay whirls, drives the spear through his shoulder, and is sucking the soul out of him as he yells, writhing on the ground. It hurts like something being dragged out of me. Pulls the spear out of Genosuke, leaving him alive but unconscious. As Usagi now presses the attack. Kang, tang, zwit, 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 as they miss each other. Swish, stretch, as he nicks Usagi's ear. Usagi realizes that with the sword, Jay has the advantage. And in the open, Jay has the advantage with the spear. Excuse me, not the sword. With the spear, Jay has the advantage. So they're fighting. Usagi starts using the forest, hiding behind trees, jumping out between trees, things like that. And he's doing a good job. Uh, The spear gets lodged in a nearby tree, Usagi presses the attack, but Jay is able to extract the spear and knock Usagi nearly unconscious with the butt end of the spear. Keiko now hearing the commotion, knowing which direction to go to find her uncle. Now trying to stab Usagi with the head of the spear, Usagi is rolling towards the grass cutter, reaching for the grass cutter as the spear is being stabbed through his tunic. Finally, he has the grass cutter and is attacking and holding his own. Another earthquake, or trembler, I guess they would be called, when he extracts the sword from the ground. But if you insert the sword into the ground and it causes an earthquake, I don't think extracting it would. Also, I think one would be painful for the ground, the insertion, and the extraction, it would be relieved of having this item dug into it. But... That's my own beliefs. Pressing the attack, 
the two, Keiko is there as she witnesses the tang, 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 tang of the parrying and blocking of the grass cutter and the demonic sari of Jay. Another earthquake, so it's not related to the sword. And a tree starts to fall. It falls on Keiko, and Keiko yells and screams for help. Just as Jay gets the advantage and plunges the spear through Usagi's left shoulder, uh, upper arm, Usagi screaming in pain that it burns. But the tree falls. Uh, it's burning. Apparently must have been a lightning strike that hit the tree. We don't really see it. No. It's just drawn in such a way. Uh, it's the tree falling to the ground. Looks like it's a flame, but it's not. As Keiko is under the tree... Jay turns his attention to Keiko to rescue her, and with one final uh, burning of the energy that he has, Usagi impales Jay with grass cutter. Apparently through the shoulder, approximately the same location that Usagi was stabbed. However, later on, it appears as not... Uh, because the final scene of the book is the sword lodged in the mid-back of Jay, which would explain why Jay is killed by the blow in an explosion, in an apparent explosion of souls radiating out from the body, a massive, massive release of necromantic energy. Back at the monastery, Inazuma is asleep, wakes up clutching and screaming, and then passes out and falls much more disheveled into her sleeping arrangements than she had been previously. The monks at the monastery, one rushes to get Senshobo and asks him to come outside and see the display, see what's going on, and they walk out there and there's a huge plume of energy rising from the forest on the other side and away from the gate of the monastery grounds out many miles, but uh, reminiscent of, say, an atomic explosion, as they are typically illustrated, mushrooming uh, up from the ground. Our final page is Usagi struggling with all of his wounds, struggling with the wound of the spear, struggling from the explosion of necromantic energy, walking, stumbling, stumbling, falling, finally. And the final panel is he face down, Genosuke face down, and Jay with a sword protruding from his back, laying, um, looking like he had burnt, like a pile of ash was now filling his clothes as opposed to a human body. And thus ends chapter 7. No letters or anything. Instead, it's an illustration by Andy Watson, who is the creator of Skeleton Key, a killer story, stories, and universe. All right. Uh, So, not really any new terms. Um, We have the more or less the culmination of the um, story. I would say that this is the uh, denouement 
and next issue will probably be an epilogue. So next issue will be Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 22 from Dark Horse Comics, dated July 1998. And I hope that you all will be listening as I cover that issue next. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.